Okay, hey Jason, how have you been? It's been one week, actually more than one week since we last spoke. How are you doing? I think it's been one week, man. Calm down. It's been one week. No, it's the last time we talked was on t- was on a Tuesday, so it's been more than one week for sure. The last time we talked was on a Tuesday. Yeah, I mean the last time we recorded was a Tuesday for sure. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Are mm-hmm. you saying that you miss me, Oscar? You miss my voice? No, I'm with my friend. I don't really miss you. I don't really need you so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, you could have, I have at least... Friends now. I have friends now, Jason. I have friends now. <laughs> could have at least lied since we're recording. Nah, oh I'm trying to stay away from the lies, you know? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. That's how we're doing things now. My God. <laughs> how are you doing? The house been the week? My week minus has work. been... I know that's always hectic, but minus work. How's the week been? Mine has been very... Quite interesting, actually. Yeah, what happened? I have been... At my most mentally demanding school, okay, um, because of the large, it's a very big school. Um, the classes are very large mm-hmm. body of students, mm-hmm. and um, you know they're young kids, so they're always making noise, and you always have to mm-hmm. watch what they're doing. So it's in that way you you have to always be paying attention because one of them is always doing weird, right? And okay. Okay. on top of that, they're very ganky kids. So if you go there to like the school and you're not like whenever I'm not mentally prepared, it's like you, you, I kind of get mentally worn out, you know, and mm-hmm. also staying at the hotel doesn't help. Funny enough, like at the hotel, mm-hmm. this was the first week where I actually got I tried to get yeah um, eight hours of sleep in the hotel. Yeah. What usually happens is when. I stay... Okay, so the school is far away from my house, right? So there's no... Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, I can't take a train home because by the time the last class finishes, there are no return trains back to my apartment. So I have to stay mm-hmm. in a hotel, right? And I stay in the hotel for the duration of like three days. Mm-hmm. There's two days in which I come back home, like today. And then mm-hmm. on Friday, which is tomorrow, I go back and I stay in the hotel and then I come back home on Saturday. Okay. And yeah, so that moving up and down is stress on its own, but staying in the hotel. So previously my routine was like I stay in like a restaurant and there's this internet cafe next to the school. So every mm-hmm. time I finish the last class, I go eat there and it's a there's, okay. there's pretty good restaurants and like a ramen bar and stuff like that all around there. Yeah? So there's always like things to go do or like mm-hmm. chill. There's places to chill basically. So I'd probably get back at the hotel around 1 or 2 a.m., mm-hmm. maybe chill for another one hour, listen to music, read a book, watch Netflix or something, and then sleep at 3, and then wake up for breakfast at like 8 or 9, right? Mm-hmm. And that was like my regular routine whenever I'm staying in the hotel, right? But then what would happen was that the next day when I wake up, even though I get maybe five, six hours of sleep, I would always still feel tired. Even though it's like uninterrupted sleep, I would feel tired so this week i'm like okay i am going to force myself to get at least eight hours of sleep and guess what happened i slept at like midnight i was waking up at eight guess what happened what happened better better classes no i still felt fucking tired so it was just like something isn't happening like i am not comfortable in that hotel i don't know if it's the bed it's the sheets it's the it's the room energy i don't know what the hell you want to call it i i did i did read this that when you sleep in a bed that isn't 
your regular bed, a part of your brain stays awake because it wants to be alert in case something were to happen. I have read something similar, and that's pretty much very much the case. Because when I wake up, I still wake up, and I feel like it's like I haven't slept that much. Eight mm. hours of sleep feel like what four hours, maybe five hours of sleep. Mm. Mm. And then I go eat breakfast, come back upstairs, maybe do something, and then I feel like sleeping again because I'm still tired. You know, then I have to go and co- like go and teach these like four or five classes of like I don't know, ten plus kids. You know. For the whole day, and then it's a seven, it's a six-day school. So I'm doing this for six days. So it's again, it's a very mentally demanding school. But mm, mm, mm. the interesting thing that happened was that this week has been fun, like quite fun. I haven't been stressed out as much from the teaching itself. So what I realized was that my main point of contention when I go teach at the school is basically like my rest whenever i'm not at the school when i'm at the hotel that it yeah. doesn't it seems like somehow i'm not getting enough rest so that's something i need to figure out see what i can do but yeah it's been unexpectedly more fun than usual i don't know if the kids i don't know if the kids are just happy to see me i don't know whatever it's just been fun okay okay that's good that's good and uh, so I have been thinking so much about work like like work is just work so I don't want to think deal with that so much it's just that's my regular life I want to focus on other things after that for me it's been just packing leaving my home in Kanzaki like sending everything to Osaka I learned something very interesting this week or rather on Sunday sorry on Saturday when the movers came so in Japan so in I, I assume in all countries right when you move into a new apartment you give the real estate agent a, a deposit fee right a deposit fee. Yes, and that deposit fee is meant to be retu- returned to you if there are no da- damages left in the apartment that you're living it in, right? Oh, when so, you when you're first leasing like the on the lease contract, right? Yes, yes, okay, yes, okay. yes. So what happened is I in the, on Saturday morning, the movers came to my apartment and took away everything, right? Late in the afternoon, the real estate ag- agency, the real estate company came to my apartment. And I thought they just coming for they were just coming so I could give the key back to them but that's what what happened they st- gave, came in gave me their their meishi their business cards and then they told me to just wait a minute as they look around the house so the two guys came and these two guys spent 20 minutes literally sc- scrolling the apartment up and down looking for any damages anything anything small whenever they found a scratch on the wall they'll put like like some a fucking mark over there like pinpoint like this where there's a scratch here there's a scratch here and after they were done one of the guys took me around the house to show me where all the damages are and from those damages they told me okay it's going to cost this much to fix this this much to fix this so you're going to dis- deduct all that from your deposit i was so surprised in kenya in kenya we never did that like when you're living a house in kenya you just leave just drop off the key at the real estate agent's office you know <laughs> Okay, when I moved out, they came and checked for damages for sure. Like the mm-hmm. the caretaker had to come and check the, the room and inspect it before you leave, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. your point is still very solid. Like that is insane. Scratches, scratches on the walls are not Everything. supposed to be counted as damages because that's the regular wear of tear when somebody no, so, lives in an area so or like, in a room. Here's the thing: because the religious real estate agency wants to sell a 
wants to to rent a, a house that's in good in good like in a good state to the next to, to next uh, tenant right uh-huh. so if there's any scratch on the wall they have to remove the wallpaper in that area and put new wallpaper over there like the funny thing they told me is that mm-hmm. this is the funny thing they told me that in the bathroom right the mirror in the in the shower right uh-huh. because I, maybe i wasn't cleaning the mirror enough so they told me that we, the mirror has some stains that just can't be wa- washed out so they have to take out the mirror and put a new mirror there I'm like what this is something you do you put, you put out a, you bring a new mirror every time someone someone leaves that really surprised me that doesn't sound right surely um, it's 2020 what do you mean you have to take out a whole mirror because it's stained what yeah because yeah there's some stains there that can't be just washed out huh. that's yeah. very interesting actually yeah i i wonder if it's the same everywhere i wonder i wonder it surprised me definitely not in kenya <laughs> definitely not definitely not <laughs> you tell me these stories will be first, like what the hell's going on in japan the fuck when my brother and i first moved to to our apartment near usayu we were the ones who had to clean the apartment when we moved in same here same here i had yeah, to clean my apartment when i moved in when i was yeah, living exactly, by myself in japan Nairobi. like you when they came to check they told me that some of the cost is for them to clean whatever dirt is left in the apartment after i had really cleaned everything So they come and just clean up clean the corners and stuff clean the things that maybe I didn't clean so nicely so they have to clean everything so when the new tenant comes they find a perfect uh, stainless apartment mm-hmm. no dust no nothing and that counts so when they're counting the cleaning costs yeah are they giving you the cost for cleaning everything again despite them just cleaning the corners like what you're saying Well, I don't know what they're exactly cleaning, but it's like definitely a cleaning cost. But it's 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 not so it's not like a crazy fee. It's nothing expensive. Maybe like two thousand yen. It wasn't so a crazy price, you know. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, anyway, that price was already in the deposit, so it's not like I had to remove money from from my pocket to give give it to them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the funny. Money is deposit. You bring this up because basically, me and you are doing the opposite. I've been thinking about work more and you have not yeah. been thinking about work because you know what it's funny enough um i am i was okay coming into the psyche week psyche is mm-hmm. the name of the school right so coming into the school at psyche right mm-hmm. i was very much like mentally taxed because i'm just I'm, i just want a holiday honestly right mm-hmm. it's been mm-hmm. it's been long and i've kind of gotten into that feeling that like everything's like a loop and a cycle yeah which is a very bad feeling to get into i don't know if you've ever entered that feeling i think everyone i think everyone has been there everyone has been when there when you're at a, when you've been working at a certain job for long enough and you just enter that like it's like you you're you're working a program every time you wake up mm. you're in this loop and it just keep on when you come back home and you sleep and you wake up and it's a loop You keep on doing the mm-hmm. exact same things over and over again talking to the exact same people talking to the exact same kids it's like at some point you're just like this feels horrible you mm-hmm. don't want to be it's like you're an npc you're a non-playable character in a video game yet you're still conscious so it just feels you don't feel like you're free and But when you don't that, feel like you're that's, free that's life though that's not just work that's life that's life for most yeah that's actually just life everyone is kind of a non-player character you mean you live in the same house with the same people 
you talk to, to the same woman who's your wife or the same man who's your husband to the same kids who are your kids i should like in life in everyday life there's most people including you and i believe we're not aware enough to appreciate the newness of every moment so everything tends to seem similar i think that that feeling of, of being in a loop is just our lack of awareness our lack of being in the moment you are right which is what i was leading into actually why this week felt different mm. um but anyway building up the whole like I, i was feeling like i was in a loop right especially in usuki um so my last last week right the school i was covering at i was in autopilot and you know when you teach at a school or you teach long enough there's some sections especially once you've done the same curriculum over and over again there's some sections where you start autopiloting it autopiloting right because mm-hmm. you have built up a, like a sort of mental muscle for the whatever you're teaching for whatever knowledge and stuff like that right and that allows you to focus on other things and other places of the class whatever's happening in the class right and the problem is is that now like i was autopiloting a little bit too much and i wasn't like what you're saying i wasn't being in the moment and that that it wasn't like i was teaching bad classes but i was definitely off and we all have days that were off right but like yeah. i had like an off week man like the whole week i just felt like i was not mentally there at all you know and i was really thinking about it i was just like hey man maybe i really do need a break and i need to like go somewhere and do something else you know cuz i think it's hitting me now more than ever because i haven't gone out like literally since i was with you which how long ago was that oscar that was a month ago no, august august oh so not august actually right no it was a month ago yeah. probably a month ago a month ago but even okay that was one instance right even before that time we went out i hadn't mm-hmm. left or gone out in like 3 months mm-hmm. so in the last like 4 5 months i've literally only gone out like once when i say god i mean like go out try to have like some sort of social like interaction with other people in a public setting that aren't my coworkers that sort of outing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or like just going out with friends i've literally just been seeing students coworkers students coworkers and i guess that's how i fell into the loop in the first place or that like that feeling of being trapped you know yeah and now okay so coming into this week I was just like if I go into psyche the school like the school that's mentally taxing my most, most mentally taxing school while I'm autopiloting I will mess up like these kids some of these kids like they're really really energetic if I don't focus I will really mess up some of these classes so I went in and I was like meditating almost like I was meditating like three times a day man honestly and i reached a point where i don't want to say it was a, a new level of awareness but i reached a different like i have a different perspective in which in which to view my life mm-hmm. and the best way to describe it is like remember that quote about emptying emptying your cup mm-hmm. that's what i did because i had realized The, the the feeling of being in a loop and feeling that i've been trapped is all coming or stemming from this feeling of me 
my cup being my life, my cup is full. And really, it was just full of nonsense and noise. So I was just like, let me just empty my cup. And when I empty my cup, let me just see what's there. What's there in the moment, right? I'm like, look past all of these different layers of social conditioning, expectations and stuff like that. Look past all of these like feelings that you're, you're, you're bringing out from different places. And what I realized was that a lot of these places weren't even like, they were coming from places within my mind that I didn't even know, I, or, or, or which I can't even know if they really represent me, right? And that, that's another complex idea I would like to get into. But just to keep it simple for now is that basically I, I felt like I was running a program. Let's just call this program Jason, right? I was running this problem, uh, a program called Jason. And Jason isn't necessarily a program of my creation. Does that make sense? It does, it does. So Jason, in this case, is like Jason... That has so Jason. The, okay, so the program that is Jason. Jason has like he has been. He's been programmed. Like he has the programming of like being a Kenyan in him, right? He has a program. Like it's all of these like different experiences and different layers of social conditioning that has been like formulated to form this thing, this consciousness that is Jason, right? Like okay, let me let me ask you a question, Oscar. When you go to a club, right, mm-hmm. and somebody asks you a question, and the question, you, you don't even necessarily like, does it hit you that you don't necessarily even think about what is true? You just sort of like just shoot from the hip and you just say whatever's coming to your mind, even if it some of the things aren't true. But what is truth? Though? What does that mean? How will you define the truth? So, you could be lying about like, something. What, like, if somebody what's said... Like, what's the question? You know, maybe, I'm, am I lying because I'm a pathological liar? Or am I just lying? Am I just making a statement that, that just came randomly? What's the reason why I'm lying? And what is truth by your definition? So, maybe, maybe... Okay, so if you go to the club, right? And you're talking to a random person. And they ask you a question of like, hey... What do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. And you say, I teach, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you say something like, I teach at this company and this company mm-hmm. does so and so. And again, it's it's not even about when, when you're telling somebody else about things in your life, is the truth, is the truth like, what you value the most is the truth all is what you're thinking about is what i'm trying to get at uh when i'm talking about my life i'm not thinking about the truth i'm just thinking about explaining about my life because like there is no truth if i if i tell you a story about my life as far as you're concerned it's either truth of like is you don't know whether it's true or false okay that's true but you are purposely at times you purposely tell things that stem so far away from even 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 if you add that level of subjectivity to your experience whatever you've experienced in your life right whatever mm-hmm. you think you've experienced i'm talking about like things that just didn't happen you know you weren't born in usa oscar you were born in mm-hmm. kenya for example mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are the kinds of lies i'm telling i'm talking about when you're in those mm-hmm. specific social situations 
sometimes the like okay it's easier to put it like this when you're drunk oscar do you lie like you lie how much more often do you lie than normal oscar i think drunk oscar lies less than normal oscar i think drunk oscar never lies actually he never lies okay so what makes what makes normal oscar lie more than drunk oscar normal oscar would lie because he expects to gain something by telling the lie and drunk oscar is too drunk to give a fuck what part of the normal oscar programming has made him that way i can't pinpoint anything in particular you can't I, i can just say i do that i can't pinpoint anything in particular but i can say drunk oscar will lie about something maybe not big things just simple things have you ever seen maybe. the programming mm-hmm. lines have you ever seen the lines and the numbers in normal oscars uh thinking and programming and said hey this doesn't make sense well to be fair many things in my life don't make sense like even even the things that are true some of them wouldn't make sense but they they are there what do you mean so why do i lie why do i lie same same thing as why do i smoke that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense i know i might get cancer but i'm still doing it right uh-huh. so i don't think there is no the question is why the question why do, do why would you lie isn't a reasonable question because why then would i smoke why then wouldn't I be working out every single day day why wouldn't I not be trying to start a business right but so here's the thing where do those ideas come from What even even, even your very idea of you questioning that like are these ideas that you're picking up from your environment where are these ideas of coming course. from of course like the idea that there is an Oscar that is real that's that's not true there's no Oscar that is real Oscar is just a, like a coalescence of the environment of his family of his culture of his upbringing of the experiences of this that this individual life has had there is no Oscar in essence there's just a biological being that has a consciousness that absorbs these experiences and as these experiences into a thing that it it calls Oscar itself and the external world acknowledges as Oscar but there's no Oscar in essence there is no like the real me that idea of a real me is un- it's, it's not true it's not true there's no such thing as a real me and you basically you basically like pointed out the point is of what i was thinking about this week the idea of jason that's why i was just for me it's easier to think about it as like a program right the mm-hmm. operating system being like like what you said your biology so our body exists like your body will breathe right there's like some mm-hmm. base programming You don't have to control your breathing if you don't want to, right? Your body will just do what it was made to do. Yeah. But then you have this thing that's on top of it. That's the software on top of the hardware. You have this extra layer of like what? abstraction, complexity, whatever you want to call it, right? That's the consciousness. Mhm. And now your consciousness when you talk about like what is Oscar? And I was just saying what is this program that is Jason? And like what you said, it's just like Jason doesn't really exist. Yeah, Jason doesn't exist. Jason is no, just like you know funny thing you used to mention this I was uh, last year when my wife gave give birth I was sitting in after she gave birth I was sitting in her bedroom with her mm-hmm. back in her parents house and we were just silent right just waiting for our baby to fall asleep and we, I caught myself looking into her eyes and she was looking back into my eyes and I thought like every time when that happens to me with random people I find myself falling like fuck what are they thinking but in this moment i realized that there's no way 
there's no reason for me to panic because whatever <laughs> I know about myself that I fear the other person might know, the other person probably doesn't know. So when I look into someone's eyes and I feel judgment, I'm the one who's implanting judgment into their eyes, right? Yes, 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 and yes. There's this thing like I realize, look, look at my baby. I can look into Raha's eyes and I know there's nothing there. She doesn't understand anything that's happening. But there are moments when I look into her eyes and I feel judgment. So is the Raha judging me or am I just judging myself? And that was like, ah, man, this is this is wonderful because this is the exact same thing. There was last week I had a moment where I felt this strike of anxiety in a train. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. really sure why. Mm-hmm. So I had walked into a train where there was a lot of high school students staring at me, right? Mm-hmm. Like a little mm-hmm. bit more than usual, but it, it okay. reached a point where it was just like. I felt very uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. Usually, I would, you know, you get used to being stared at as a foreigner in Japan. People are curious. Mm-hmm. It's whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I got hit with some huge anxiety in the moment. I was just like, these people are judging me. These people are thinking this. These people are thinking that. And it's like, what you said, when you really look at it, right? You're like, in the moment of trying to find what is real in that moment, what is what what was real during that experience it's like the, the only real thing is that you have eyes on you that's the only real thing exactly exactly everything yeah. else was just like me imagination. seeing what i want to see like yeah. my consciousness is like like it's like i was in a hall of mirrors right mm. whatever i felt at that moment was being reflected right back at me and this is something that i was told once that in japan intense eye contact is considered aggressive so this is what I do. If I catch someone looking at me, I look back at them until they look away. They always look away. But yeah, so that too, you, they always look, like, look away. Yeah, lock eyes until they look away. And that way, like, hey, do you feel uncomfortable with this? Then don't do it to me, you know? There's so many times that I've just felt like, okay, you're staring at me too much. I'm going to stare at you. Like what you said, you just have to step yeah. back and they still look yeah. away. And you're like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Just look away. <laughs> Anyway, going back to, to this thing, like, oops, sorry, going back to this thing, right? Um, so w- what is real in that moment, you know, what is real in the, <clears throat> in those fleeting moments that bind together, that make up like the timeline of our lives? If you were to like pick up one moment, let's say in today, mm-hmm. whether it was like you in the shower you talking to like a student, you talking to like anyone or just relaxing in the train or just chilling, you know? I, I will say this. Anytime two people open their mouths to talk, most of it is unreal. It's uh, not true. So now talking with somebody like me talking to you is weird. It's not real. It's not real. It's, not real. it's, it's like... Not real. There's nothing real happening here. I'm making sounds based off of concepts or experiences I have had or learned, right? You're doing the same thing. But whatever I, that whatever is coming out from my mouth isn't a real representation of what's going on in my head. It can't be. Language isn't that articulate, right? Oh. And it's the same for you. The same for most people. Actually, all people, I would say most everyone, right? Yet language is and, still strong enough to get make us feel very deep emotions. It can still but, move us. It moves us, right? Of course it moves us, right? But you know what moves you more than language? Hearing a baby cry. 
dude, that baby isn't speaking a language. But those the screams, that is gonna move you. That's gonna move you. They can both when laughs, when nobody laughs, that's gonna move you. They can both be yeah. moving. No, but we know what is more moving. To understand someone's to understand a comedian's jokes, there's so many layers of concepts you need to understand before you understand what the joke why the joke is funny, right? To understand why this piece of poetry is is deep. Why do people love this piece of poetry? There's so many concepts and stories and like history you, you might want to know before you can understand why people appreciate this piece of poetry. But when everybody cries or everybody laughs, no matter where you're from in this plan on this planet, you go understand why that's good or bad, right? So you're saying there's a deeper, there's a deeper. <laughs> my towel just fell. There's a deeper state, not state of being. There's a deeper action. Okay, okay. So, okay, let me just go first to what you're saying about like talking when two people talk. Mm-hmm. I feel like when two people are talking, it's almost like you're trying to connect your brains to one another. And exchange information like two computers exchange information and sometimes nothing gets exchanged you know because most like, of the time it's nothing most of the time i feel like most of the time it's nothing let's not even say directly link up it's like me sending you texts over wi-fi and mm-hmm. sometimes like and the wi-fi is a bit dodgy let's say the wi-fi has bad signal and sometimes the message just doesn't hit properly or you yeah, don't yeah. download you download pieces of the information but you don't download everything or sometimes mm-hmm. it's just straight up tra- mistranslated. Because who mm-hmm. said that my computer has to be in the same language as your computer? So there's mm-hmm. all these different, like, weird levels of, like, miscommunication that can happen. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I do, I, do, I do agree with what you're saying, that language isn't perfect when it comes to, like, the exchange of information or the exchange of ideas between two people. So this is the thing. I've, hey, I'm not a linguist. Whatever I say, once again, as I said in the last episode, is coming out of my ass. This is what I think. Man, we're all talking out of our ass here, man. This yeah. is the whole reason of the podcast. The podcast yeah. is trash. This, this is a, the podcast is trash. The podcast is trash. Huh? <laughs> I like that. This podcast is trash. It's <laughs> anyway, trash. Uh, so this is what I think. Language is nothing more than a means of categorizing the world. Yes. This tree is tall. This tree is short. It's I a think, tool. It's a tool. Yes, exactly. It's it's nothing more than a tool of categorization, right? However, if I'm angry and I tell you, hey, Jason, I'm angry, you'll get one thing from that. Or I can literally just run to your face and just, just scream at your face. Which one do you think will have more of an impact? Me telling you, hey, Jason, I'm angry. Don't do that. Or I just scream at your face. Okay. Obviously, the screaming. Exactly, and and I think no matter where I am in the world, if I scream at someone's face, they'll know I'm either angry or frustrated. Something bad is going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like this is the thing with language. Like I tell you, whenever I say a, when when a comes out of my mouth, what is in my brain isn't really a. It's a breakdown of several things that can only be coalesced into a by my mouth. Right, there are universes upon universes in my head that can only be articulated as the letter A by my mouth, right? Yeah, and when you hear A, it's going into your ears and into your brain, and you're trying to break down A as much as you can to get 
a feeling or a sense of what is happening in Oscar's head. But there's no way you're getting the whole thing because even Oscar wasn't able to speak out the whole thing. There's no way that I construe A the same way you do. It's like exactly. virtually impossible. It's not possible. It's not possible. So, yeah, so I like I said, like talking is, and then on top of that, going about the, the concept of like, is Jason real? Is Oscar real? Talking is the worst way to discover what is real, and that's why you hear about Zen Buddhists and even like the Hindus who speak of silence, 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 silence. In silence, you discover what is. Because speaking, nothing, nothing real comes from speech. Nothing real comes from speech because real is the speech is nothing more than me trying to describe the things that I have read, the things I have heard, the things I have seen. But even I, as Oscar, I don't really, I don't quite fully understand everything I've seen, heard, or read. So for me to speak it out is kind of unfair to the person who has to listen. Okay, I wouldn't say unfair, really. Uh... Okay, unfair. I. I, I Ah, fuck, you know what? You know what? Okay, you don't know what I mean. The point is, actually, this is this is actually a good point. This is a good, this is a good point. Like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you meant by unfair. That. No, no, no. Think about this. In my head, I know what I want to say, but when I use this word, even though in my head it makes sense, it's not making sense to you, right? So, if I say you're you're using the language ineffectively, the English language ineffectively, what if I made but, that argument? Yes, you can definitely, definitely. Hey, hey, Jason. I'm I'm not good with words. I'm not good with words. Mm. So it's your fault. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Or or another option is if I used if I use the same phrase, another person might have understood what I'm trying to say, right? Mm-hmm. Like let me give you an example. Like when I was a kid, uh, my youngest brother Peter, he was just he was two or three. He was just starting to speak, right? Uh-huh. And. Whenever he will speak and he will try to make a sentence, for me and everyone else who was living with us, we could understand what he was saying. And we thought like, oh, he's speaking so clearly. We can all understand him, right? One day I went to my cousin's or my friend's house. And and Peter came up to... to he just followed me and my brother up to my friend's bedroom, to the, my friend's bedroom, right? Uh-huh. And Peter was trying to say something. And my friend asked me and my, and my brother Patrick, what is he saying? And me and Patrick were like, what? You can't hear what he's saying? He's saying this. It's obvious. You know, it's like, it's so clear to us what he's saying. But <laughs> for this guy who hasn't been spending time with him, it's like, what is, he, what is he saying? What is he saying? You know, it's like he's hearing a new language. I think that happens a lot with babies who are still learning a language. Yeah. You know, they're still yeah. learning their first language. There's a point in which only their parents can understand what they're saying. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I've seen yeah. that too with my cousins too, like my baby cousins. I was just like, my aunt understands exactly what he wants. Like this, mm. he wants milk. He wants milk. He wants food. And he's just like, he's not speaking English. <laughs> what is he saying? You know, but, from your perspective, he's is, not speaking any language. It's not Swahili. It's not, it's not Swahili. But, it's not English. It's just like, what's going on? I know, but for me, like when Peter was at this, at that particular age, he was actually speaking words. He was using words. Maybe he couldn't make coherent sentences, but he was using words. And maybe the way he was using the words, it wasn't... Like I said, it wasn't a coherent sentence. They were just throwing a bunch of words together, hoping to string something up, right? It's 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 it's, it's low low resolution, basically. Yes. Whatever he's trying yeah. to say. Yeah. But you haven't been around him enough. You can understand him. Exactly, exactly. 
And isn't the same with, with most people, right? Think about this. How clear do you speak? Do you think everyone you speak to understands everything you're trying to say to them? No, actually, one of the most amazing things why I enjoy talking with you specifically is because I feel like I'm focusing the most when I talk to you because I'm trying to, I don't know, whenever I talk to you, Oscar, it's when I, even whether we're recording or not recording, right? I really try to get my point across. Mm-hmm. For me, it's very much like an activity of like, can I make Oscar understand, truly understand what's going in my head? With other mm-hmm. people, I don't have the time. No one has the time and the bandwidth when you're in a social, like a real social situation where everyone's talking, yeah, things and things are going round and left and right. It's like, uh, uh, you just say something, maybe you have like another extra minute to elaborate what you meant, but <laughs> people by that time already judged what you spent when you originally mentioned a statement, right? People already mm. made up their minds. You don't have that much time. You don't have that much bandwidth to really, um, really explain to yourself. Mm. Explain to them, sorry, what you meant and what you mean or what you're trying to convey, what ideas you're trying to convey. But like, that's why when I talk with you, I'm like, maybe that, that's a testament to why we talk so long because it's like me and you and like a weird philosophical mental jousting where we're trying to see what's there. You know, what is in Oscar's mind? What is in Jason's mind? And me and you really take our time. And that's why there's like a very interesting back and forth. That's just my theory. For me, it's not really that. I just talk to you because you're available to talk. (laughs) 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 But you still haven't answered. Yeah, for me, that's the main point. Like most people don't just wouldn't want to talk for one hour, two hours, you know? So, hey, but Jason's available. Okay, so fuck it. Let's talk. <laughs> but that doesn't really answer why we get into the conversations or the topics we get into. Most people know, can't talk for an hour, but... I don't know. Maybe somebody would talk about, like... Eh, to be fair, we have done that, too. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about pretty much everything. I I, I would say almost every... I, I mean, yeah, quite a lot. Okay, not everything. That's That's, that's obviously a lie. We talked about quite a lot of things, right? We have talked about quite a lot of things. Yeah. But like for me, like there's nothing, there's no philosophical, there's no philosophical quest for me. That's because hey, Jason is available to talk. Really, that's my real reason. You're available to talk. That's it. Let's talk. <laughs> and what I was trying to say there was that me and you, we argue about mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. and we test each other. We try to challenge each other. Mm-hmm. When Oscar says A, I don't you, you I don't necessarily just say okay. No, okay, I see. And you do the same thing when I say B, right? You don't necessarily mm-hmm. just say okay. You try to see like okay, what does Jason really mean by B? Can you explain mm-hmm. more? What do you mean, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I meant by like the whole Justin thing. We're like kind of challenging each other to sort of like bring out what mm-hmm. what is the. Uh-huh. I, I guess, you have I guess, to see that, right? Whenever we talk, no, that no, you you're trying to you ask me questions, I ask you questions, questions where it's just like if me and you were just like whatever, right? We would would let things go very fast. Oh, Oscar, mm. Oscar says that this week he learned A and B. Okay, and I just go like whatever. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Going back to this week, or rather, let me say last week, right? 
So on certain night I came to spend so I'm going to be staying with our friend Mindo until the 20th of this month, right? And he's also oh I was about to say something really bad. <laughs> uh, no no don't 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 don't. Can we talk about random people over here, man? I'm just saying anyway, you guys are more than friends. That's what I'm saying. What do you okay, I don't understand. Anyway, but you, maybe you can tell me later. You can tell me later. Anyway. The the point is like I'm so I'm gonna stay with Mindo until the twentieth of next of this month, right? On right. Saturday, on Saturday last week, a friend of his invited us to go drinking with him. And the guy is <coughs> he's, he's uh, an American guy. He he owns his own school in this town. So he was like, "Okay, let's go to a snack." And have you ever been to a snack, Jason? Uh, a couple of times now. I actually find so them no, more entertaining than normal bars. Now let me say this: snack literally comes from the English word "snack," like crisps like cookies snack you know <laughs> literally that's the word right i like the way you said crisps because we <laughs> british english but yes chips okay yeah <laughs> so now so i was in this snack right and there are these older women in the women they are mid 40s or whatever right who are serving us drinks and stuff and the job of this women is not only to serve you drinks but to sit down with you and talk with you and give you a good time just talking this just they are giving you a good time with conversation right and there was a party about but a bunch of japanese men also me middle aged men right and some of them would just grab this women's cousin just pull them up just like as a joke right what and the women <laughs> will do nothing just laugh and i was thinking about this what confidence does it take for for a woman to do this kind of job whereby you know this man might pull up my skirt up but i know that's as far as it will go right and i was thinking can this kind of business model ever work in kenya Where no. you have women who are, are trying to get the men drunk while they are also drinking with you, you know, they, because the women in the snack they also get as drunk as the customers, right? And they're supposed to be the waitresses, waitresses, right? Sometimes. But nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. The men never assault the women. No one is ever kicked out because of doing anything crazy, as far as I know, as far as I know, right? And I was like, will this business? Because I imagine like we were there for. An hour, right? Uh-huh. It was nomi hode, which means all you can drink for one hour, and it was only two thousand yen, so two thousand shillings, twenty dollars, right? Uh-huh. So, and the women who are with us, who are they in their mid forties, but they're actually quite attractive women. They were drinking as much as we were drinking, just like keep trying to keeping to keep up with us, right? Uh-huh. And they got pretty wasted, and actually, one woman just fell asleep on Mindo's shoulder, just fell asleep on him. That's how drunk she was. And I was imagining, will this model ever work in Kenya? So, there are places that are definitely where the where it's like what the waitresses are there to like be like the hostesses more than waitresses really. That that makes you have yeah, they're there to make you have a good time. Mm. But the part about the physical touching was, was just like okay, that would not fly. In uh, most places, Nairobi, I don't think that would. You can't. No, like here's the thing. This is what I believe. You can't have a, a shop where all the customers are drunk men, and all the staff are women who are also drinking. That can't happen in Kenya. It, that, that, it just that's, that's a, a risk disaster. That's a risk for disaster. Sounds like, yeah, it's a bad plan. This sounds like a very bad plan. 
Yeah. Especially once you add the alcohol part. Oh my god. Exactly. And can you imagine? And the business model for this kind of business is like all you can drink for this amount of time. All you can drink. Oh yeah, and you, oh, I forgot about adding that part. Like it's all exactly. you can drink. Oh my yeah. god. That is just that place will be locked down in months. No, months like a week. I give it a week. <laughs> Never again. Never I was, again. I, 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 no, I'm being generous. I think four months, like four, you three months. So? Yeah, I think you can nah. make it work for three, think, four months. Think about this. Think about like a bunch of USA students going to such a shop in Nigeria. Then you add the Nigerians. Aye. Okay, that sounds. I'm not even going to mention anyone. I'm just saying USA students. <laughs> for people who don't know, the Nigerians in our university were like infamous for being. When they're drunk, they're very nice people. Actually, I don't think I met one bad Nigerian in USIU, like a bad mm. person. But mm. when they were drunk, mm. they were like literally the most rowdiest people I've ever seen. Oh, okay, I've I've never seen that. I've heard those stories. I've actually never seen them myself. Uh, which part of Rwanda were you living in? Ah, that's why I, was, I wasn't living in Rwanda. I was living you in Rwanda. Where I was living. I was basically living in this residential area and like <laughs> calling to residential areas even like <laughs> it's, it's a, a slum bro you're living a goddamn slum <laughs> slum is also a little bit on I'm, the extreme okay, side that's, that's a very big exaggeration <laughs> it's not a slum, but I'm just <laughs> let's just say the best way I can describe it is a residential area full of students yeah. and families there were lots of Nigerians living around us other other african uh n- africans from different countries too but na- like nigerians are always the ones that were like you can hear them because they're always like the loudest and yeah. this is not like a stereotype i know it's a st- it's also a joke and a stereotype too but like there's some real truth to it because i have literally seen it it has been it's very much my experience so i can defend it so like Nigerians and then you add that like all you can drink man it's just it's really bad and also their horses are also drinking ah, so now now also... and now if they have that like is that if there's that feeling of like oh I'm attracted to this person exactly when they're sober imagine <laughs> when they're drunk and it's like but no no think no think about this even in this snacks in Japan right the men obviously find these women who are working they're attractive right because the women they they dress in a way that is attractive for most men right they wear the short skirts you know the nice know. talking i don't know well, man I, I mean in japan i've been to a snack before a, a couple of times and i'm telling you the women are also dressing in a way that most men will find attractive right japanese Otherwise, man, right i wouldn't go most men wouldn't go to a snack if you know all the staff that work there are unattractive people right you probably wouldn't want to go there right is why that... why would i go there right because the point of a snack is talking to this attractive woman who is going to listen to your stories maybe have some interesting stories of her own right is that true so, you know okay to be fair like the snacks i've been to there's just a lot of like mature people there in general there's not just okay. there's no young people there no exactly there are no young people in the snacks they always it's usually mature men mature men right but even this mature men find this hostesses attractive or at the very least you know yeah attractive just attractive and that's why they drink up with them and they're willing to buy them more drinks drink up with us drink up with us right so that kind of thing mm-hmm. because the sources are not drinking for free they only drink if the customer buys them drinks right and yeah, yeah, if you buy them a drink they will keep drinking until you say stop or they feel like they like you and they buy you a drink uh yeah but that's a, that's a real occasion that's not that's not a common thing 
it's, okay. it's happened to me a few times, so I yeah. But you're a foreigner. That's that's what I'm saying. That's that's most Japanese people don't experience. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you now know? you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying like, the if if I have a woman next to me and she's the hostess and I keep buying her drinks over and over again, she won't stop drinking until I tell her she you've had enough or like I'm not buying anymore. Right. It is a job to entertain me. It's no, it's a job is to drink. That's literally her job to drink. Her job is half of her job is drinking, right? Okay. Because things only get interesting. No, of course, I don't think everyone is going to expect. I think most people, of course, because they're mature men, they go there knowing there's no way I'm living here with sex, right? Sex is is probably the last thing that's going to happen here, right? Yep. But the conversation or the night just gets more fun if we are both drunk or both parties are drunk, right? So the men will buy more drinks for the hostesses, more and more drinks, right? Now, will this work in Kenya? Whereby, you know, think about this: you go out with a girl, right? And maybe you want to you want to get her tipsy so you can talk more. Maybe take her home, right? Which is maybe it's not the, the best thing, but people, men tend tend to want to do those things, right? And the woman who, you, who you've gone out with doesn't stop drinking until you tell her stop, right? Now, I. If this was the case in Kenya, whereby I'm with a hostess, and the hostess won't stop drinking until I'm the one to say, "Okay, I'm not buying any more drinks for you," right? How many men in Kenya would take advantage of that situation? Let me just keep buying more and more and more for her until she, she's drunk enough for me to take her home. Most a lot like in of Japan, okay. maybe there's an there's an unwritten code whereby the men know, okay, she's working. Let me just give her one or two drinks. It's done. You know, Kenya has savages. I'll be honest. Yeah. Kenya has absolute yeah. savage men. I've seen moments in Kenya whereby a girl is refusing to drink, and the man will be like, "Ah, kunywa, kunywa too. Like, just drink, just drink." You know, <laughs> dude. She said, "No, I don't know. Just drink, just drink." <laughs> Kenya man, where? Yeah, actually, I am definitely on the passive side. Like Kenya man, Oscar, you're you're definitely more of the aggressive side than me no actually i'm not actually hey when i hear no i'm done i'll go home in jack off <laughs> <And I cannot. laughs> really no there's yeah, some instances yeah. where i've seen you be more aggressive than what i would do but i think yeah okay. maybe both of us are definitely on the path we, we, we know what like most kenyan men are like even most is a okay maybe just say there's a lot of kenyan men who acts that way yeah, i mean it's it's part of our culture you know like i think we have that kind of macho culture is it macho Remember, or is it like courting like the guy it's all up on the guy it's the responsibility of the guy to do the all of the courting yeah, yeah yeah i think okay let's say up until now i think i would say that's been the case but i'm not sure if that's the case anymore i mean like if you and i we're not really like that so maybe that's not the case anymore but i have seen such things I think I've just accepted I'm kind of an awkward fuck. So it's, it's, no, 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 it's, no. Me too, man. I'm I'm awkward. I'm very awkward in social situations. Extremely awkward. And uh, some somehow have, have, I've been able to grow a charm out of that shit. So now here I am. <laughs> yeah, it always works out. Things always work out in the end. Things always work out. Apologies to my future wife. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so you know it's funny. <clears throat> I got this hit of nostalgia when you started talking about like 
drinking in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, drinking in Nairobi versus drinking in Japan. Mm-hmm. In Japan, I've been drinking more. Mm-hmm. But it's become more normalized, which is very weird for me. Because I always felt like drinking was very much like one of those things I did to completely let go of steam. It was like a relaxing, partying type thing. I don't know if it's because I'm working a lot more than usual. Yeah, probably that. I mean, we live we live in a culture whereby drinking is... It's, it's strange to say I don't drink in Japan, right? That would be the very strange. Actually, actually you're right. yeah. it's very strange to say that. Even the people who don't drink, they don't really say that. They wouldn't really say that. They say, oh, I, "I drink a bit." I literally right. have a coworker who does not have very specific proteins in her mm-hmm. body to break down alcohol properly. She has a specific mm-hmm. condition that makes her more drunk than mm-hmm. an average person with less alcohol, and mm-hmm. she drinks. She'll yeah. drink like for me, man. Let's say, let's say for us, like three beers gets us drunk, right? For her, like half a cup, half a glass of beer will get her drunk. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Something like that, right? And she still drinks because she has to. Yeah. You know, like in in Kenya, there's a there's a hypocr- hypocrisy to the culture. I will say this based on my experience, whereby people who I know drink will tell me, "Oscar, don't drink. Drinking is bad." Why would you tell me that? I I I saw you drunk last week, dude. Why are you telling me this? And it's it's a norm in Kenya of people tell you, hey, dude, don't drink. Drinking is bad. And they go, like, people actually preach this. Drinking is bad. When they're drinking every other, week, every other weekend. Oof. I don't even know where to start with that one. That's just Kenyan culture for you, man. Exactly. It's, like... it's Kenya. We are a pious and... Okay, let me not say everyone. From my experience, Kenya is a pious and hypocritical culture from my experience well we did talk about how kenyan culture doesn't really exist you know it's all this mix we like it's a mixture of like ideas that we kind of understand and we've kind of accepted and a little bit of the british system that we've just mm. learnt over time so it's a mishmash of like it's like if you did homework oscar Mm-hmm. He, he had like a report to do and you copy paste it from wikipedia mm-hmm. and then you put your own unedited ideas into that report too so it's just like a complete fucking cesspool <laughs> 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 like of just a mismatch of like what's what's real and what works and what doesn't what's yeah. from your mind it's 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 it, it, it's a bit of a mess our culture it's, like, hey, it's a little it bit all over is. the place it is what it is that's what kenya is kenya it is what it is you know what's kenyan culture ah, it is what it is, it is. <laughs> and somehow we we'll found a way to make it work are we really though are we really making it work though really we haven't really? killed ourselves yet so we're like, making last it week work we talked about like you look at kenyan news more this past week i've been looking at kenyan news and i'm like that place is falling apart that place is, <laughs> <laughs> that place is actually falling apart <laughs> I think the exact same thing still. I'm just like, where is this country going? My God. No, no. My God. I'm just like, no, I'm, can the young I'm people take over quickly? Like this past week, I've just been looking at random articles in, about Kenya. And the more articles I see, the more I feel like, okay, mm-hmm. actually, we're done. We're done. We're done. It's finished. <laughs> it's finished now. No, we're, finished never, now. we're never done until we're done. Huh. Jason, the first lady is singing already. The first lady is singing. We're done. 
Okay, yeah, maybe I'm just exaggerating, but still, like when when I read the the media, when I see the Kenyan media, I'm like, okay, how the fuck is this thing? How the fuck is everything still working? You know, how the fuck is exactly. everything still working? Exactly. How do they have lights? How are the lights still on? That goes to show you how resilient this mishmash of a system that we have is. Like, how amazing it is! It's it's, it's miraculous that we're still here. That's why I'm like, we're not done yet. We're still here. You know, he, here's the thing: miracles are always good. But sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes, I like you said miracle. There's a miracle. The fact that there's a miracle means there was a big problem to begin with, right? It's a miracle that a guy who eats McDonald's every day, drinks every day, smokes every day, is still living. It's a fucking miracle. But that's a, it's not a good miracle. It's like, dude, you need to stop doing that shit, you know? <laughs> right? But it's still a testament to how resilient the human body is if the guy no, can drink it's a, testament. My... it's a testament to god that's a testament to fucking god <laughs> like it's god it's god that's holding this shit together okay hey, i'm not a big christian but there's sometimes there are moments where i'm like hey like i'm just gonna raise my hands up and say it's god it's god this okay. is god okay 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 and when i see kenyan media i'm like okay this is just god the fact that we, this thing is still alive okay this is god we have to say every, every kenyan needs to go to church or the mosque or the temple go and say thank you because things are falling apart brother things are falling apart things fall apart that is the uh, that is the episode title things ah, but no we really have things happen so it has no, to be the, this part, this episode is called literally we came up with the, with the episode like 30 minutes ago basically this this podcast is trash this podcast is trash <laughs> okay so you know it's funny because this is the this is like a very long tangent because originally what I wanted to talk about was the idea of like the upper layers of our consciousness. That's the part mm-hmm. that hosts the program Oscar or hosts mm-hmm. the program that is Jason. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. That is that is like the ideas that we've. You know what? Let me just use an analogy because this at this point it's getting a little bit too complicated. And the idea in my mind is a to me it's very clear so mm. noah right mm-hmm. do you remember the story of noah yep yes i do sir and he used the ark to save how many animals was it yes all the animals all the animals the in the male world. and female of all species living on the planet yeah yeah so taking that analogy mm-hmm. i'd like to say that it's almost as if we're all of all like inherited an arc of sorts from okay, our sorry, grandfathers. Sorry. I'm going to cut you short. Let me cut you short. Because I thought of something really funny. There's an episode of Family Guy when they, when they reference Noah's Ark and Noah goes to the, to the basement of the Ark and there's a, a penguin next to an elephant. And in between them, there's a penguin with, a, with an elephant's head. <laughs> and Noah is asking the, the penguin elephant, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? <laughs> I know that exact joke because that was recommended to me a few months ago. And I even remember watching that episode. That was very funny. <laughs> anyway. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Point is, mm-hmm. that arc, right? We all inherit arcs from our grandfathers and our fathers, right? Mm-hmm. That arc being culture conditioning, mm-hmm. the ideas that you learn in like at, at, in your childhood. The, like okay. the framework in which you use to like orientate yourself in the world and mm-hmm. view what is most valuable in your life okay. mm-hmm. that is the arc that you've inherited from your father your father inherited that from 
your grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. Those are just all those ideas. It's an arc, right? And mm-hmm. that arc is so big, Oscar, because it's it, it stretches so far into, like, I don't know how many generations your family is, but, like, let's just say up until this point, you know, we have many generations because we're here, right? Up until, mm-hmm. like, the dawn of of human civilization or human existence itself, right? We have all of those arcs that have accumulated to form the arc that is Oscar right now. And you don't even know what that arc is protecting you from, right? Because remember, the arc was created by Noah to protect you from the catastrophe, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the great, um, was it a tsunami? A flood? It was a flood, right? Flood, flood, yes. And that flood is basically the catastrophe of life, the suffering. So you have this lessons that is the arc that you've learned from your father and his forefathers mm-hmm. and that protects you from the cat- catastrophe that is life and it orientates you and it, it helps you guide you through the rough waters and can prevent you from drowning and what some of the amazing things is that um that arc stops you it stops you from drowning but sometimes it's not even clear it's not even clear to you, the person who's in the arc, right? What mm-hmm. it what it is protecting you from. Does that make sense? That's how big it is. That's how deep and massive it is. It's like this huge, gigantic boat, if you want to think about it like that. Like, or like, let's think of it like this. When you're a kid, right? Mm-hmm. You learn things that you don't even know why you have to learn, right? Maybe later down on the line, it becomes more obvious why... The value of that specific lesson or whatever dad or mom was trying to teach me makes sense mm-hmm. right yeah that's the same way there's things that even me and you have learned through social conditioning that we probably don't even understand why it's in our minds there's things that we've just picked up from being like whatever it is from being a kenya being in kenya being in japan that's our social conditioning so there's bulwark there protecting us from things that we don't even understand and we don't even know if we will ever understand it right yeah yeah so and it's now talking about all that it's like it's still not your arc does that make sense that arc that we've inherited it's not ours i'll go back to this idea that uh culture is larger than one man tradition is larger than one man right and there are people who stand at the doors or rather at the at the throne that is culture and society and tradition Maybe the, the the forefathers, you know, the, the the elders of the tribe, right? Uh-huh. Who claim to understand what the culture is, but even they don't really understand. They just try to hold the stitching in place, right? So they've inherited, using my analogy too, just they've inherited the ark without knowing why they need the ark in the first place, exactly. right? Exactly. No one really knows, and that's why people bicker. Like, oh, my culture is right by doing so and so, and your culture is wrong by not doing so and so, right? But it's like, hey. If both cultures have come this far, it means that whatever they're doing does work. The basic but idea is to go... prevent you, the individual, from drowning in the flood. It's not even the individual. Like The individual is really nothing. Well, not the, the, I, the point is, is that child. when your mom and dad are teaching you these things, right, mm-hmm. it's to prevent you from drowning. Let's not get mm-hmm. too abstract about it. In that specific moment, when your mom and dad are teaching you, let's say, the benefits of why you should treat people the same way you'd want to be treated yourself. Mm-hmm. They're trying to bestow on you an important life lesson that will guide okay. you throughout the world. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's not get into why the individual doesn't exist just quite yet. I feel mm-hmm. like that's another deeper, deeper talk. 
but up until now are you following me are you following the analogy i get you i get you okay so now now we can go to the individual that's why i was just like so if this arc isn't mine it's not of my own creation right it's of my culture it's of my history it's of my father's culture history it's all these it's a combination of all these different ideas and different places places that i don't even understand even like the language oscar like you're using language like me and you're using the english language or the, we could talk in japanese or kiswahili right and it's like mm. we don't even know where these words came from that is the mm-hmm. arc right there that is that, that is like your forefathers have passed that tool down to you and we don't even know where it came from mm. isn't that insane we know nothing about its roots and its origins like i said it could go back thousands of years right literally and we're just here just chilling like we don't know we don't know what it protects us from we don't know why we use it and why it's important to use it and i don't think we need to know i don't think we need to know you don't think we need to know i don't think we need to know it's working it's working we're questioning us is not working and that's why you know you understand what i'm saying your culture is crazy to be the kind of person you are you are working. The individual suggestion seems to work just fine. Your program is working just fine. Why question the programming now? So now, what happens when the, the arc is faulty? And it seems to be harming the individual instead of protecting it. Like going back to the idea that tradition is willfully blind, right? Mm. Tradition, because tradition just wants to maintain something that is. But it takes the power or the arrogance and ignorance of youth to show tradition what it's what it's failing to see right guys <clears throat> when the system is failing you the individual but it it will take more than the the than culture failing one person for culture to change culture needs to to fail a bunch of people in order for the culture to, to for it to change right 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 like if this going back to the topic of homosexuality we come from a culture that says that's wrong right that's yeah. bad it's it's a sin and that's right? one of the cases where i bring up in that case if you the individual within the ark is a homosexual the ark itself mm-hmm. wouldn't be as useful to you because that's not an, an idea that has been built in to the culture exactly but now if it's only one, if it's only one person who's homosexual then you just cast out you're not cast now and you're you drown and you drown in the waters you drown you, in exactly, the flood you drown right yeah. but if there's a bunch of if there's a bunch of people who are homosexuals then now we need to restructure this arc we have to restructure everything so these people who are a part of us they are our families of our friends our relatives they need to be on this arc with us right Uh. but if it's only one person who's gay okay let him drown let him drown that's fine that's fine we'll move on yeah 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 i was just going to we'll end it on this right going to what you're saying so i when i was thinking about like jason not being real or oscar mm-hmm. the program oscar not being real it's the idea of like if all of these things that i'm thinking about mm-hmm. are a consequence of uh, are like all the ideas that i have are built from this inherited arc then mm-hmm. i have none there's no idea that's born from jason the individual it's there's me none. it's me building things 
or even stealing things from other people's ox, an ox that I've like, again, I've been given, that I've been bestowed but upon me. These there's, ideas there's that I've no been bestowed. Stealing. There is no such thing as stealing in this case. You're just absorbing the things around you. That's not stealing. It's photosynthesis. There's no stealing. Okay, not photo. Okay, but I do get your point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not stealing because hey, if you're stealing, then who who is there any other individual on this planet who's who has purely and truly original ideas? Is there one person who has ideas that are so pure that no human being, no other human being, can ever understand why they will come to that conclusion? Okay, so maybe stealing was the wrong word to use, but it's photosynthesis. It's not stealing. Let's just say. I want to find the barriers and the boundaries that separate the individual and the person and the, the soul that is experiencing versus the arc. Does that make sense? I don't so, even know if those lines exist, but that okay. came with the idea of like, I need to empty my cup because this arc is fucking huge. And I get so, lost every time trying to look into it. And it's just like, no. When I look into it, I feel lost. It's like staring into an abyss. It's like, no, man. Let's get rid of everything. Not get rid of anything. Let, let's just not look at everything. Let's just focus on what's in front of us. Exactly. So maybe I would say this. There is no cup to empty. There is no cup to empty. It's it's a saying. It's not literally a cup, but you know what I mean. I like, know, no, of course. Duh, of course, it's not a damn cup. Come on, <laughs> there is no cup to empty because the cup is you and everything that makes you you, your culture, your experiences, the loop you and the boredom you feel at work. That's the cup. There's nothing in the cup. You um, um be, by you believing there's something in the cup, you're the one who's asking pressure to your own life. But there's nothing in the cup, right? Because right. the cup is just everything. The cup is just everything. And to be honest, even when you're trying to practice that idea of emptying your cup and being aware of what's happening now and trying to see what is the, the base. Okay. If existence, let's, let's think of existence as a pattern, right? Let's find the base pattern of being, which is to say that the pattern it's that is separated. Breath, yes, that is separated from the arc. Right the or the, the culture and everything that it's like finding that base pattern of existence is so hard because of the noise that has been added to it. Mm. Me and you aren't even good enough. Like Oscar, like you, like even you need to be like somebody who's been meditating for a very long time or some sort of like a person who's truly able to like peer into their own consciousness. I don't know what that kind of journey would be like but i'm just imagining what that could be like i actually i actually don't know like all of these things like unless you practice you never find out we'll never find out the only way to know for sure like there's no there's no philosophizing about this the philosophy only adds more drama to the system you know just do it just do it that's the only way to find out and on that bombshell it's about it's time to end the podcast so okay. goodbye everyone Bye 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 bye. Good night.